everybody. Welcome to episode two of the Trust Me, I'm a Lawyer podcast. I am joined today by my co-host, Nori Ehrenfeld. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Who is also the podcast producer. And uh, Nori, if people are interested in being on our podcast um, or sponsoring it, what do they need to do? Uh, well, you can email us at trustmeonlawyerpodcast at gmail.com or just comment on any of the videos or direct message us on Instagram as well. Awesome. And you'll put that information down at the bottom. What we're trying to do with these podcasts is talk to interesting lawyers from around the country and uh, talk about really important legal issues of the day. And today is a, a very important guest. We have uh, with us Brian Pollock, who is a very well-respected employment attorney. He represents both uh, employees and employers. And welcome to the podcast, Brian. Hey, Spencer Nori. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. And how are you doing? You know, I asked you a little bit before we started, but how are you doing during this uh, pandemic? How are you surviving? Um, you know, one of the nice things about uh, being asked to be on your podcast is I finally get to button a shirt. Uh, I haven't done that in about a month. Um, but otherwise, we're, you know, we're staying sane. It's kind of like a family trip that doesn't end. Um, <laughs> You know, we're, I'm entertaining, we're entertaining the kids. Um, we're trying to figure out what's next to eat. And uh, like everybody else, you know, we're trying to figure out when it's going to end. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those trips that just went on way too long. And hopefully we're all going to make it through and, uh, you know, stay safe and stay sane during the process. Well, I'm glad to see you. And I have to say, you look great for somebody who's been in quarantine. <laughs> you look very uh, good. Thank God. Yeah. You look healthy. Yeah, that, likewise. It's, it's, you know, at least we can get out and walk. Um, you know, so we've been doing that. We've been taking the dogs out, try to get on the water a little bit and, uh, you know, try to be out back. My, my backyard has turned into a, a summer camp. So we have, um, all kinds of family games that we've been playing, whether it's spike ball or, um, can jam or pool volleyball or whatever it is. So we've just been staying active. Well, it sounds like a great summer camp, right? Nori? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I want, to get to business, there's some important stuff we want to talk to you about. Um, and, and I thought maybe this might be a two-part podcast. Today, we would focus on employees. And maybe tomorrow, if we can get you back, we'll talk about employers. But during this pandemic, um, what rights do employees have that are having their wages cut, that are having their jobs furloughed, or they're just getting fired? What can they do during this period of time? Well, there's, there's, some, there's a lot of uncertainty that's going on, but the first thing that I would say is that their absolute right is to be safe. Um, you know, I think that our, our governments have been slow to implement requirements on our employees who are still working at their place of business. Uh, and so by that, I mean, you've got, whether it's people at the grocery store or who are serving food at a rest, you know, at a restaurant for takeout or delivery, and they're not being provided with, they weren't provided with gloves or masks, mostly masks until recently. Right. And, but every employer has a general obligation to keep their workplace safe. And so, you know, that's under the OSHA requirements. And so one of the, the first things is, is to be safe. And, and that would really include wearing a mask and as uncomfortable as they are and hot and sweaty, I mean, it gives you a real appreciation for I've got mine here. All these, all these frontline workers and employees who, who go in day out and do that. And there's really no reason why we can't have our employees be safe. And so they don't come home and bring it to their family and loved ones and 
and friends. Um, That's a great point. You know, beyond that, on it was probably two thirds of the way through March, the federal government enacted the Family First Coronavirus Relief Act. It just rolls right off the tongue. And so, say it again. What, what is it? <laughs> it's the Family First Coronavirus Relief Act. Okay. And so, what that was designed to do is to go ahead and provide employees with with more job security and with some income if they do contract coronavirus or have to take care of somebody as a result of it. Um, it didn't go into effect until April 2nd. So that's when it started to go into effect. But then the Department of Labor has said, that's great, we're not gonna enforce it for another 30 days. So you're looking at from when, it's, when it was implemented. So the Department of Labor is not really gonna start enforcing this until mid-April. There's a big question, however, as to whether private employees like me can go ahead, or attorneys like me can go ahead and enforce this, this new act against employers. Because there's other situations where the Department of Labor says, we're not gonna enforce it for whatever reasons. But private attorneys like, like me can go ahead and enforce it on behalf of, of clients. So that's, the first part of the uncertainty is uh, when I'm a little confused. I'm, did you have a question? I did, yeah. but it was more of a general question. Um, what like legislation was already in place prior to the coronavirus that served to protect employees during like crazy times, whether like a hurricane or pandemic? Unfortunately, in Florida, there's not a lot. Uh, the Florida employment laws are not that strong and so a lot of what we do as employment lawyers is we look to federal laws which have been in place longer harder to change by legislature because go try to get congress to get something done and change anything is a difficult task so those laws that that we like to utilize are those that have they're federal laws and so there's unfortunately not a federal a lot of laws that come into play when you have a disaster like a hurricane where they're sending employees home and saying don't come into work and they don't come into work, but then the what follows that is, and then you're not gonna get paid. Right. So there's no requirement to do that. Under the new, let's call it the Coronavirus Act, or the CARES Act, what they've done is they've implemented some new requirements on employers. I see, it's an employer. And so it's it's these are on employers. This is done again nationally. And what it does is, it, it expands the Family Medical Leave Act. So for businesses like Spencer's and mine where the Family Medical Leave Act may not normally apply, now it says it applies to any business, including those that are under 500 employees. So what the government did was they were trying to, I think they were trying to shift everybody from, or not everybody, employees from unemployment to their employers, like Spencer and I. And so if, the idea is if somebody in your office or my office contracts coronavirus and they've got to stay home for 14 days, we could be required to pay them for 80 hours of work for two weeks. Uh -huh. We do, there's tax credits that you get at the end of the year. So you pay now and you get, you get to, to take it off later. So we're shouldering the burden now, but we get a tax credit later. And then the other thing is there's an exemption that applies if paying somebody, paying an employee,
because they've contracted coronavirus and have to quarantine for two weeks. Um, if, it's, if it would really be detrimental to the business and you can document how, how that would be, especially in a time like this, then you don't have to follow it. You don't have to pay for those two weeks. So like I said, a lot is up in the air on this. And you know, there's, there's other requirements that came out as well. Just out of curiosity, does the person actually have to test positive for the coronavirus or can they just be suspicious that they have it? They're, they have to be told they have to quarantine. So a medical professional would have to say, you got to stay home, you got to quarantine, or you, have, you and your family have to self-quarantine, whatever it is, you've got to be told you need to stay home. That's beyond, my understanding of the law. Beyond just the stay-at-home order or this shelter-in-place orders, it has to be a medical... Yes, I mean, in, the, in Florida, we're all under a shelter-in-place or stay-at-home or whatever it is. Um, this has to be because you either have or suspected of having COVID-19, you have to self-quarantine. And the difference between quarantine and sheltering in place or staying at home is different. If you're quarantined, you're either one, not leaving the house, or two, you're stuck in a room in your house that nobody else is going in and out of. So it's because they don't want the transmission outside of your home that you're stuck there. I see. So it's, it's more specific than... You, you, can't, you need to stay at home, only go out for essential businesses. Um, this is because you've got or are suspected of having coronavirus and a medical professional has told you or your whole family, you need to stay home. That's when this would come into play and employers would have to then pay you for 80 hours so that you can be quarantined for two weeks and not worry about what am I gonna do and how am I gonna feed my family when all this is over. And that's not enforceable until May? It's not enforceable until mid-April. Mid-April. So, so what do I think like about 17? If I'm an employee now and I haven't been paid the last couple of weeks, is there anything I can do? I think so. I think because the Department of Labor has decided that they're not going to enforce this law, doesn't mean that employees can't go to private attorneys and have me go ahead and enforce it. You know, there, there's reasons why agencies like the Department of Labor don't want to, don't enforce these for a certain period of time. One, because they want to make sure, they want to give employers time to figure out how to comply. But the other part is they need to internally figure out how they're going to deal with this from an administrative standpoint. And so as private attorneys, we don't have those same issues. And so we're allowed to go ahead, in my opinion, and start enforcing these laws. So Brian, if someone's at home watching this podcast and you know, they work at the, at the local pizzeria or hardware store or something and they haven't been paid in a couple of weeks, how can they go about contacting you and consulting with you? Thank you. We've been doing virtual or Zoom consultations for probably since this all started. And so um, the first way that we like to, to, to get information is maybe through the phone through my website or email, and you can reach me on my website at www.fairlawattorney.com. All right, we'll put that on the bottom here, Nori. We're gonna print that out below your name so people can find you. Perfect, you can also call my office, 305-230-4884. And either one of those, we can take your information, and then what a member of my staff will do is they'll go through and take some information from you 
that way we can decide whether it makes sense to go ahead and have a Zoom tele video conference and speak further about your particular situation. So we've been very effective in doing that. We have contactless signups. So besides utilizing Zoom, we then go ahead and sign up, send out the documents to go ahead and hire our office that can all be signed electronically and sent back. And it's, it's just been really efficient for us. And Brian, will you give people who are seeing the podcast now a, a free consultation to speak with you? Yes. Uh, we give free initial consultations for most matters. That's awesome. And we've been doing that for, geez, over 10 years. So we've been very, very successful in doing that. And then besides handling, uh, providing free consultations to most of our clients, we also handle most of our cases on contingency or consignment. And so uh, that makes us an invested partner in our client's case. So we've got every incentive to go ahead and try to get the most for our clients, uh, ultimately leaving the decision of whether to, whether to settle, uh, if to settle at all, and how much, that's ultimately up to the clients with our guidance. So if, if somebody were to contact you and hire your firm today, um, are you able to give any estimation as to when they could hopefully get compensated for their loss? It, it, it's really situational um, because there are some times when clients want to go ahead and they don't want to rush to the courthouse and file a lawsuit. And so that would mean we went ahead and sent out a, a letter to invite the employer to try to see if they want to resolve things informally. And that's a step that I think is where I'm moving more to now under the current circumstances, because I just think it's, it's difficult as an attorney to go ahead and sue a business. And, and we have to balance the rights of our clients versus the businesses, because ultimately if, if we push a business beyond the tipping point and they've got to go hire a lawyer and fight a case in court, they not only, can they not pay their bills? They're not going to be able to pay our clients and the business may ultimately fold. Right. So, however, if, if it's a case where we do have to file in court, the federal courts, uh, as you know, Spencer, they're up, they're running, they're enforcing deadlines. I mean, I had a case, I think it was a week ago where another lawyer asked for an extension. I of course said, okay. And the federal judge uh, said, no. Oh, I bet I can guess which judge that was. <laughs> so there's, there's been a couple of them. So, um, you know, the federal courts are moving. The state courts, I think, are starting to move now. Uh, they're starting to have cases, some Zoom conferences. Would these cases be filed in federal court? For, yes. Um, you know, the, the nice thing for me is I've been practicing and enforcing the Fair Labor Standards Act, which is the overtime and minimum wage and tip law for years. And I end up filing a lot of those cases on behalf of employees. I, I take them to trial. And so the enforcement provision of this paid sick leave is, is being accomplished under the Fair Labor Standards Act. So um, those cases are mostly filed in federal court. I like to file them in federal court because they move quicker. And so for my clients, uh, whereas in a state court case, they wouldn't be looking to take a case to trial in maybe two to three years. Right. My cases in a federal court, um, I've got judges that set them for trial in nine months. Normally my cases take about 13 months for a wage case to go to trial, which is really quick. And unlike in a state court case where you're on a docket with 50 other cases and you're not gonna be called to trial the first time, 
a lot of these cases are called the first time. And if they're not, they're rolled for about a, two months. Are they bench trials or jury trials? They're jury trials. Uh, you can have them as a bench trial, but I prefer uh, jury trials in most, most circumstances. Um, you know, I have confidence in, in our juries and most of the time we, we get it right. Uh, there are times when juries do get it wrong in my opinion, but that's our system. And I don't know of a better one. Well, listen, I want to thank you for what you're doing for our community, um, that you're offering these consultations. People can call you, they can zoom you, uh, FaceTime you, whatever it is to reach you and that you're working so hard to protect, you know, these families that are suffering so much during this period of time financially. It's just wonderful what you're doing. Thank you, Spencer. I mean, I, I really, uh, you know, I've been practicing for over 20 years. Uh, over half my practice I've devoted to representing uh, mostly employees in these circumstances. And it's really rewarding. Um, you know, I've got a lot of positive Google reviews from clients that I've been starting to accumulate lately. Um, and it's nice to have, to, to be able to do something for a client like that, because you know, there, there are those of us where, you know, if you recover a couple of, you know, two or $3,000 in wages, it's not going to change your life. But for a lot of my clients, that that's a big deal. I mean, oh, yeah. that's, that's food, that's rent, that's car payments, that could be childcare. I mean, it goes a long way. And so, um, you know, and, and for me on these wage cases, uh, I'll tell you a lot of times, my fees don't come out of the, my client's pocket. Um, a lot of times the employer is responsible for paying my attorney's fees. That's good. And so what happens is I have every incentive to get my client as much money as they're entitled to. And for me, in my, my personal best interest is to take the case all the way to trial because I'm gonna make a lot of money there, but not at my client's expense. And so I have every incentive to fight as hard as I can for my clients. Once they say we're done, we're done. But I don't stop fighting. And so it's, it's personally rewarding to be able to help somebody out. Uh, you know, because it's not money for free. It's not my back hurts. Can you get me X amount of money? What I do a lot of times is a function of math. And so there's, there's no question about the math a lot of these times. And, and it's... It's nice to be able to get somebody the money that they've earned. Uh, there's also the ability to get them a penalty or liquidated damages, which if they're owed $1,000, they can get $2,000 and then my fees are paid separately. So I can make them whole. I can try to make them hopefully more than whole or at least put them back in a position where it doesn't hurt as much. Excellent. So, well, and I appreciate Spencer the opportunity to, you know, to sit here and, and talk with you. Uh, we haven't seen each other in, in a couple of weeks because of all this. And I, I look forward to once again, getting together. Yes, so. me too. Thank you so much for doing this. I encourage anyone out there who's suffering, you know, economically right now because they've been furloughed or laid off or fired or just are not getting their, their wages paid to give you a call, uh, take advantage of that free consultation and having such a great, competent and experienced attorney in your corner is gonna make all the difference. So thank you so much. Thanks, Spencer. Stay well. Right, stay well. Be safe. Be well. Thank you. Thank you.